the History Channel original podcast. This episode contains references to sex and may not be suitable for younger listeners. History This Week, June 12, 1928. I'm Sally Helm. The great blues singer Ma Rainey steps up to the microphone at a recording studio in Chicago. That alone is notable. Microphones are still new. Until recently, singers had to yell into a horn that would funnel the sound waves to a stylus that scratched their vibrations onto a wax cylinder. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three, four. But now, as an ad for Rainey's music will put it, the songs are electronically recorded. Testing one, two, three. Greater volume. Amazingly clear. And then there is the song that Rainey is singing into that amazingly clear electronic microphone. She's responding in part to a scandalous rumor that she'd once attended a party at an apartment in Chicago. The guests were all women, they were having a lot of fun, and things got a little loud. A neighbor called the cops. And Rainey, it said, ran out of the apartment, not wearing any clothes and clutching a little dress that clearly did not belong to her. This song is her response to that rumor. And it is not cringing or defensive. It is totally frank. Because Ma Rainey, she sings about sex. And her audience and her record label love it. In the late 1920s, this wasn't something hidden. Even the record company itself was marketing the song according to the queer elements of it. Today, the music of the past may not be what you imagine. What exactly did Ma Rainey sing about when she stepped up to that mic in Chicago? And in the America of that time, how was a boldness like hers even possible? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. When Professor Tawana Steptoe teaches Ma Rainey's music in her classes on U.S. cultural history, she says it takes a lot of her students by surprise. I think every generation thinks that they were the first to have any kind of sexual messages in their music or anything. I think every generation thinks they invented it, right? (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't. And so the blues is a great way of engaging students in those kinds of conversations to kind of shake up their expectations of what the American past even was. Ma Rainey started as a vaudeville performer, like just about every other musician around. Her given name was Gertrude Pritchett, and she grew up in the post-emancipation American South. By the time she's a teenager, she's started performing. She spent a lot of time on the road 
And that requires a kind of toughness to be a young woman in that kind of environment. The popular music that artists like Rainey would perform was mostly simple and crowd-pleasing. Sometimes these would be songs that caricatured Black life. But author Daryl Bullock told us there's a turning point for Ma Rainey around 1906, when she's performing at a tent show in Missouri. She claims to have heard a young girl singing a very sad song at the end of one of the shows. She asked her what it was, and the story goes that I'm just singing the blues. They were just talking about blues in the way of uh, feeling and of emotion rather than of a genre of music. Rainey asks the girl, can you teach me that song? And then she sings it on stage as an encore. It steals the show. Her audience was absolutely fascinated by this woman who was singing what sounded like from the depth of her soul about the kind of troubles that they were going through. Dr. Tawana Steptoe told us the blues grew out of another musical tradition, work songs. And in the American South, those work songs were usually about whatever the workers are dealing with in any particular moment, how hard it is, how hard the work is. Ma Rainey's blues songs are about that kind of thing, too. Real emotions, the things that happen down on the ground level of your life. One of her first hits is a song called Those Dogs of Mine. She's singing about her feet and how they hurt. Which might sound kind of small, but song lyrics about the pleasures and pains of ordinary Black life? That was revolutionary. The blues is sort of an exploration of new freedoms that African Americans had access to after emancipation. Dr. Stephen Lewis is a music curator at the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture. Emancipation did not give Black people complete economic freedom or political freedom, right? You still have the Jim Crow system that is imposed on people. You have sharecropping that is imposed on people. But new areas of life, like the ability to choose romantic partners without the interference of, say, a white enslaver, or the ability to travel over long distances. These are things that become important themes in the blues. In Ma Rainey's music, you know, she talks about catching the cannonball, which is a train, and leaving town. Early in her career, Rainey travels a lot, touring and performing with her husband William, a.k.a. Pa Rainey. They're building a loyal audience, mostly working-class Black Americans. These traveling shows roll into town and kind of pitch a big, almost like a circus tent. My great-grandparents were sharecroppers in North Carolina. That makes this period very real to me because I can imagine kind of my older relatives going out to see a show somewhere, like in the woods. Do you think it was like an outdoor music festival kind of vibe? Yeah, I would say very much so. A clarinet player in the Rainey's band said, we had the people with us. You should hear them. That's where they let out their suppressed desires. 
The Rainies soon graduate from the tent show circuit to theaters. But it's around this time that Pa Rainey gets tuberculosis. <laughs> While he recovers, Ma tests the waters as a solo performer. Author Daryl Bullock says she knew how to put on a show. At a time when there was very little in the way of, of decent lighting, she used to wear very heavy makeup. She'd wear feathers in her hair. She'd wear massive horsehair wigs. Big gold jewelry around her neck, often lots of flashy beads and diamonds. Anything that would pick up the light and make it sparkle. So while she's on stage, light is literally radiating from her as she's performing. It makes for a memorable night at the theater. And Dr. Tawana Steptoe told us people also would have noticed Rainey's lyrics because she's singing in a way that audiences wouldn't have expected a woman to sing. One song that really stands out is called Leaving This Morning. I'm leaving this morning. This would have been an extraordinary expression of freedom for a woman. Respectable women were supposed to be chaperoned. But right from the beginning, Rainey in this song is talking about being on her own and traveling freely by herself. I'm going to Kansas City to home. She talks about drinking, right? When I get through drinking, she asserts in the song that she's drunk, which would not have been considered respectable. She's establishing herself as someone who is free, who's a little body, and who does not take mess from men. In 1916, Ma and Pa Rainey separate. Daryl Bullock says Ma now has center stage to herself. People like Ma, they'd always been controlled by men. Their lives have been run by men. Their careers have been run by men. And for the first time, they're going out and earning their own money, living a life on the road with other women and having the maddest party when they had the opportunity to do such a thing. Rainey is singing about partying. And about sex. Sex with men. But she doesn't sing about it in a standard, sugar-coated way. An awful lot of blues songs from this period are about heterosexual sex. And it's very blatant, it's very obvious. There are lots of double entendres, references to things like fruit in my basket. Very clearly they're talking about, you know, putting a banana somewhere it really shouldn't go necessarily. Got a ranch and my It doesn't take any of these women long to realize that there's a big audience for what we might term dirty blues. And as soon as you realize there's an audience for that, it stands to reason there will be an audience for other songs that kind of, you know, push boundaries a bit further. It's around now that Ma Rainey decides to sing about her own particular desires and to push those boundaries even further. When
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the 1910s. Ma Rainey is touring the country and getting a reputation for two things. Number one, her music. Critics have dubbed her a famous singer of the blues. But people are also talking about her life offstage, specifically her love life. Even among entertainers where people were a bit more accepting, people were not often discussing their sexuality openly. Dr. Stephen Lewis. But we have anecdotes from people who lived long enough after this moment in history to then reflect back on it. And then also basically gossip from the period. (laughs) You know, this person was seen with this person, but then they were married to this person. And then there's a fight. Classic gossip. Very recognizable. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And these are very close-knit groups of people. You know, as always happens, you know, romantic relationships kind of come and go. Rainey and the other blues women she travels with are Black, and they're traveling in the Jim Crow South. They often share beds in private sleeping cars on trains or in the few boarding houses that would take them. People start talking, saying Ma Rainey seems more interested in her chorus girls than she ever was in her husband. I mean, there's no adage, isn't there? You know, what happens on tour stays on tour. You don't talk too much about it. You don't say too much. There is that old adage, But Ma Rainey doesn't quite follow it. Daryl Bullock says she starts talking about her love life in songs. She doesn't do it on the big stage in theaters, at least not at first. Quite often, artists were playing uh, private parties afterwards, and that's when these songs would come out. They're the kind of songs that were played in gin joints and barrel houses and, and boardy houses, places where you would go to pick up people or to have sex. I think that the environment where the blues was performed probably influenced the lyrics, too. When Ma Rainey is performing in these kind of, like, vaudeville circuit, traveling around contexts in the 1910s, is she already, at that point, singing songs that are, like, explicitly about her sexual identity? It's hard to figure out exactly what people were singing when they were on vaudeville. I do think it's entirely possible, though, that she was singing about her sexuality very early, just because the blues allows people to express what they're going through. And so often, what they're going through has to do with their sexuality. But all of this remains relatively underground until 1920, when the government passes a constitutional amendment banning the sale of alcohol in the U.S. One of the best things that happens to the LGBTQ community at this time is prohibition. Prohibition's brilliant for us. It's absolutely fantastic. Daryl Bullock. Nightclub owners, speakeasy owners are desperate for business. They want to attract people in. So each one is looking for more and more outrageous entertainment, something that will bring in an audience that's going to stay there for the night. It's the Roaring Twenties, Life is a Party. 
Women are wearing shorter, looser dresses. More Americans than ever are celebrating freedom and transgression. Drinking, sex, all the stuff that Ma Rainey has been singing about. And Paramount Records takes note. The label has recently begun producing what they call race records, which just means records featuring Black artists and marketed to Black audiences. And in 1923, they offer Rainey a record deal. She's headhunted, basically, by the label. She didn't want to sign initially because she was doing very well touring. She was earning very good money, and she was at the top of her game. Rainey's audience on the road loves what she's doing, the way she's breaking taboos. But she's about to release her dirty blues to a much bigger audience. In December of 1923, she heads to a studio in Chicago for a recording session. Black performers aren't allowed to use the building's front door. And so Ma Rainey, who, remember, has been specifically recruited by Paramount Records and who pulls up to the curb in a chauffeured car, she has to enter through the back. But inside, she gets to command the room. She steps up to a phonograph's horn and sings a song called Bow Weevil Blues. The lyrics already have a very kind of LGBTQ stance. I don't want no man with no sugar in my tea. I don't want no man to put no sugar in my tea. Ma's not singing about somebody making her a cuppa. Yeah, she's singing about something very different. On another one of those first recordings, Rainey sings about seeing women wearing men's clothes, acting, in her words, like men. We do know that there were people who were shaking their heads at this and saying no. Dr. Tawana Steptoe. You may have heard of people saying that the blues is the devil's music. There were Christian ministers who were preaching sermons against the blues and against the queer elements of Black popular culture in the 1920s. Remember that story about Ma Rainey getting busted for attending a raucous party with women only? That happens around now, in 1925, when Ma Rainey is touring in Chicago. These are the kinds of things where you say, okay, well, this gives us an idea of maybe her private life. Dr. Stephen Lewis again. He said a lot about Rainey's private life can't be known. It's not recorded. But her songs, of course were. There was an expectation that blues performers were going to sing about things that were outside of the normal bounds of, you know, respectable society. This was kind of a space where performers could express things that could not be expressed in other contexts. That's why the blues is such an important aspect of kind of understanding working class African-Americans' experiences, because that perspective is not really reflected in a novel of the time. The novels of the Harlem Renaissance, for example, which are mostly written by highly educated African-American writers, you know, who are coming out of universities like Fisk and Morehouse and Howard. Do they come into conflict? Do they have a different sense of, like, how Black artists should be presenting themselves to the world? Yeah, I'd say that there's a pretty direct conflict because what the Renaissance was about for these intellectual leaders was making an argument for Black inclusion by presenting an image of Black excellence in the arts and culture. A Black art form that will present a very specific kind of assimilated image of Black identity to the white mainstream. 
But that's not what Ma Rainey wants to do. She wants to sing about her passions and her desires, no matter what others might think. In 1928, she records a song addressing that rumor about the scandalous party head-on. It's called Prove It On Me Blues. She expresses in that song her desire for women, right? Tonight, last night, with a crowd of my friends, She even says, I don't like no men. So she's kind of asserting up front, right, in a very bold way, her sexual desires. It's also about gender presentation. She actually mentions the way that she dresses. It's true, I wear color and a tie. In ads for the record that appear in Black newspapers, Ma Rainey is dressed in a gender-bending way. She's wearing heels and a skirt on bottom, but then up top, it's very masculine, right? She has a tie, a vest, and a jacket, and she's wearing a fedora. She's standing next to two women wearing short flapper dresses. And in the background, there's a police officer surveilling them. Mm -hmm. And that adds that kind of element of danger And also reminds us, right, that they're breaking rules by doing this. The ad reads, what's all this? Scandal? What does it all mean? It kind of adds to Ma Rainey's persona of being a rebel. Nobody caught me, sure got to prove it on me. Rainey is telling the audience, yeah, I know the rumors, but good luck finding out if they're true. The ad does its job. Rainey's records sell. That mostly benefits Paramount, the record label. Rainey doesn't make any royalties. But her songs are spreading across the country. And in live shows on the Black theater circuit alone, she takes in $350 a week, over $6,000 today, more than nearly any other artist of the time. She's a star. But then in 1929, the stock market crashes. Record sales tank. Two years before, over 100 million units were sold. But the year after the crash, that number plunged to 10 million. And the live venues that had been eager to book Rainey, they're reeling. This world of nightlife, you know, speakeasies and after-hours clubs were really hit hard by the Great Depression, you know, at the end of the 20s. Plus, radio comes along. And with it, censorship. Daryl Bullock told us the sense of freedom you could feel in the 20s that starts to ebb in the hard times of the 30s. People are hiding again. People are worried about what might happen. Every time there's a worry about money, we see a knockback against the LGBTQ community. We see a lessening or a tightening of rights, if you like. Ma Rainey doesn't live long enough to see that freedom return. She dies of a heart attack in 1939 at the age of 53. But despite the backlash of the 1930s, her fearless brand of music remains. It continues to flow through the culture. 
I think that blues women kind of opened up a space for expressions by Black women to talk about what's going on in their lives, the joys, the pains, the rebellion that was there. I am so amazed looking at people like Lizzo and thinking Lizzo's a blues woman. Everything she's doing (laughs) is part of a blueprint that people like Ma Rainey first drew. I don't know how much Lizzo or Doja Cat know about Ma Rainey or other blues women. But they are definitely operating in a world that those women helped to shape. And these women, Ma Rainey's living legacy, are still topping the charts. Thanks for listening to History This Week. For more moments throughout history that are also worth watching, check your local TV listings to find out what's on the History Channel today. If you want to get in touch, please shoot us an email at our email address, historythisweek at history.com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 212-351-0410. We love to hear from you. Please reach out. Special thanks today to our guests, Daryl Bullock, author of Queer Blues, The Hidden Figures of Early Blues Music, which will be published this July. Dr. Stephen Lewis, Curator of Music and Performing Arts at the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And Dr. Tawana Steptoe, History Professor at the University of Arizona and host of Soul Stories on KXCI Tucson. Thanks also to Dr. Cookie Woolner, History Professor at the University of Memphis and author of The Famous Lady Lovers, which will be published in September. This episode was produced by Julia Press. It was story edited by Jim O'Grady and sound designed by Dan Rosato. History This Week is also produced by Corinne Wallace, Chloe Weiner, and me, Sally Helm. Our associate producers are Hazel May and Jonah Buchanan. Our senior producer is Ben Dickstein. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn, and our executive producer is Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Copyright 2023. a Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved.